Good morning. And a blessed Pentecost to all of you. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb. And uh, we have great joy this day as we see everything decked out in red. And that assuredly tells us that we have come to the Feast of Pentecost. And so we come with great rejoicing this day to hear of the Lord's pouring out of his Holy Spirit upon all flesh. And we'll hear that in our uh, readings, especially concerning the second reading uh, from Acts chapter 2 this day. And with that in mind, I'll direct your attention to the Focused on Christ section on the uh, inside of the cover of your bulletin there in the back. The Holy Spirit gives peace. Following the flood, Noah's descendants failed to spread out and fill the earth as God had spoken. Rather, they exalted themselves with one language and the same words. They spoke proudly and arrogantly. The Lord humbled them by confusing the language of all the earth, dividing and dispersing the people. That dispersal was revealed on Pentecost Day, the 50th day of Easter, when God caused the one gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to be preached in a multitude of languages. At this sound, the multitude came together, for the preaching of Christ is the primary work of the Holy Spirit, whereby he gathers people from all nations into one church. The Holy Spirit teaches and brings to our remembrance the words of Jesus, which are the words of the Father who sent him. These words bestow forgiveness and peace to those who keep and hold on, hold on to them in love for Jesus. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And so we gather also then with the peace of Christ this day to receive the gift of his body and his blood as it comes to us in and under bread and wine in the sacrament of the altar. And in keeping with the Lord's word, he calls us to be of one confession when we receive that gift, not only believing what he says concerning the supper, but indeed united in the whole of our confession. And so we then ask that all those communing with us today be members either of this congregation or a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. A couple of notes on the service. Uh, it's Divine Service Setting 3 as it begins on page 184. And playing for us today is Mrs. Catherine Smith. She'll be playing on the piano. So we'll hear the melody for the hymn one whole time before the hymn then is, is sung by the congregation. Uh, these are mostly familiar hymns today. So as you always do, uh, I encourage you to sing with great gusto and joy. And so then uh, we will have a processional hymn for our first hymn, hymn number 500. So if you'll give me just a moment, uh, I'll be back in the entryway there and I'll ask you to please rise. Oh God, on this day you once taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light of your Holy Spirit. Grant us in our day by the same Spirit to have a right understanding in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy consolation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the day of Pentecost is from Genesis chapter 11. <clears throat> Pardon me. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they, made, and they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. 
Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do, and nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come. Let us go down and there confuse their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from, over the, from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and give ear to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. 
And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise. Let us go from here. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, o Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our risen and ascended Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear Saints, Pentecost is bigger than we think. In the sending of the Holy Spirit, God is pulling together and fulfilling promises he spoke to his people over hundreds and hundreds of years. This blessed day of celebration is about God's faithfulness and the bringing of salvation to people of every tribe, tongue, and nation, as we ourselves will behold on the last day. We see a snapshot of this in Revelation 7 and elsewhere in the book of Revelation. Now, as vast and wide-ranging as this day is, it still has personal meaning for each and every Christian. Why is that? Because each and every believer in Christ, every Christian, has the Holy Spirit dwelling and abiding in them, as we are taught in 1 Corinthians, Romans, and Galatians. And as we heard in Peter's Pentecost sermon, And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. So, we're going to take a moment this morning and look at the big picture of Pentecost before we dive into how this day affects us as a congregation and as individual Christians. In the contemplation of these things, it is my hope and my prayer that the Spirit will cause you to rejoice in what God has accomplished for you and indeed for the whole world in Christ Jesus our Savior. Now, when it comes to the Feast of Pentecost, there are actually layers of meaning at play here. You see, before the sending of the Holy Spirit upon Christ's apostles, the day had its roots in the Old Testament, when God brought his people Israel out of the land of Egypt. Pentecost, which is also called the Feast of Weeks in the Old Testament, it was a harvest celebration, which included special offerings. These offerings were to be the first fruits of the harvest, along with the offering of unblemished lambs and goats for a sin offering, a peace offering, and also a food offering. Now, you can look to Leviticus chapter 3 for all the details on this. But you see, the people, they were returning to the Lord a portion of what God had given them. In fact, this is the very thing that we sing of after the offering each and every Sunday. We give thee but thine own, whatever the gift may be. All that we have is thine alone. A trust, O Lord, from thee. At Passover... God's people were to remove the old leaven from their homes and celebrate the Passover with unleavened bread. At Pentecost, God's people were to bring in new leaven and celebrate with leavened bread. In other words, out with the old leaven and in with the new. Though this may sound trivial to us, it was a visible and indeed an edible reminder of what God had done. 
He had brought them out of Egypt, out with the old, and was bringing them into the promised land, in with the new. Pentecost also had connection to the giving of the law on Sinai and the establishing of God's covenant with his people Israel. You are no longer slaves in Egypt, out with the old. Now you are my chosen people whom I have bound myself to, in with the new. You're no longer to follow the ways of Egypt, out with the old. You will now hear and keep my law, my teaching, my Torah, my Ten Commandments, in with the new. When God gave his Old Testament people his instructions for this feast day, he said, It is a statue forever in all your dwelling places throughout your generations. This meant that the Israelites were to keep this feast as best as they were able through all generations, regardless of how far they lived from the tabernacle or later the temple. Now, though this bit of Old Testament history may seem a little tedious to us, it does have connection to what God was doing when he sent his spirit upon Christ's apostles that day. Therefore, let's keep moving. You see, when the Holy Spirit was sent at Pentecost, all of this Old Testament history and worship practice, it was going on in the background. This is why in Acts chapter 2, we are told, now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. In other words, God-fearing Jews had come from all over the known world to Jerusalem, all over the diaspora, the spreading out of God's Old Testament people. Why? They came to celebrate Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks. This is why God chose this day to fulfill the promise that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. This is also why so many languages were being spoken by the men in Jerusalem and by the apostles. Now, by simply counting the places listed in the Acts reading, there could have been as many as 15 languages or more being spoken. Now, just as it was with the Old Testament celebration of Pentecost, God was visibly showing forth another out with the old and in with the new distinction. Where do we see this? Well, you see, in celebrating Pentecost, the only language that was spoken at the temple would have been Hebrew, period, nothing else. It didn't matter where you came from or what your native language was. If you were celebrating, celebrating Pentecost at the Jerusalem temple, Hebrew was the only language that the worship and ceremonies of the feast were conducted in. This is why it was such a shock to the crowds when the apostles began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The feast went from worshiping God only in Hebrew, out with the old, to hearing the mighty works of God in our own tongues, in with the new. Here again from Acts chapter 2. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretan and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? Certainly a very Lutheran question for Pentecost, isn't it? It meant that God was fulfilling the promise he spoke hundreds of years before through the prophet Joel. The promise that in the last days he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. Peter speaks of this promise in his sermon. But what exactly were these mighty works of God? Well, by the power, wisdom, and blessing of the Holy Spirit, Peter preached, Men of Israel, hear these words. 
Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Peter preached Christ crucified and resurrected. Peter proclaimed how God's plan of salvation was fulfilled by Jesus and in Jesus, who was King David's heir and the very Son of God in the flesh. He preached of Christ's crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension to the right hand of the Father. Peter continued, Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out on poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Folks, Peter doesn't hold back. He preaches the law hard all the while proclaiming the glorious truth of Christ's death and resurrection, his triumph over sin, death, and the power of the devil. Now, what did the Holy Spirit work through Peter's preaching? Well, we're told quite plainly. Now, when they had heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the, of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, that is, receive baptism, each or every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. With many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. God be praised. By the way, that's a lot of baptisms. Can you imagine? I mean, the apostles, they were busy that day with the best kind of work. God worked through them to preach, teach, and baptize just as Christ commissioned them to do at the end of the Gospel of Matthew. And so you see, Pentecost is the fulfillment of God's promises spoken to his people over centuries, and that includes you. You see, you too have received the promised Holy Spirit. God poured out his spirit upon your flesh in baptism. In that blessed washing of water and the word, you were joined to Christ's death and resurrection, and you passed over from death to life, out with the old, in with the new. You are no longer a child of darkness, enslaved to the devil and his lies. You are a child of light, one of God's chosen people, who has life by his word of truth and by his spirit of truth. Out with the old, in with the new. Dear saints, you know that no one is saved by keeping the law. It's impossible. We can't do it. The law of God is good and wise, and it sets his will before our eyes. But we're completely unable to keep it. Rather, we are saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ, who kept the law in our place, and who has won for us remission of sins, everlasting life, and salvation from the devil. Therefore, as a forgiven child of God, you can now look to God's holy commandments as a guide for your life. 
And yes, every time we look to the law, it's going to reveal our sin. It's going to accuse us. That's what it does. That's why God in his grace gathers us together here each and every Sunday to confess our sins and to hear Christ's absolution, to again receive the forgiveness that he has won for us on the cross in his word, in absolution, and in the holy supper of his body and his blood. But you see, in Christ, you are free to love and to serve your neighbors in all your vocations, all the places that God has planted you. Now, you might wonder, where is the law in this sermon? Well, you really don't have to look too hard for it if you take a close look at the lessons for the day. You see, there are those who scoffed at the work of the Spirit and the preaching of the apostles. There were those who mocked the apostles, claiming them to be nothing more than drunkards. We are told that those who received the apostles' word, they were baptized. Now, it's not too much to presume that there were those who heard that preaching and rejected it. We know this because, well, that's always been the case. From Adam and Eve until the day Jesus returns, there will always be, always be those who hear the word of Christ and reject it. Those who reject the work of the Holy Spirit. See, the word of God is always opposed. And so my exhortation to you is this. Don't be one of those people. Don't scoff at the preaching of the word of God. Don't scoff at the holy and pure word of God and the gifts of Jesus. As we hear in the third commandment, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Again, the, that Lutheran question, what does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. God means for you to have rest here and now today in his house, in his word, in his holy sacraments, as Jesus comes to you bringing you peace which passes all understanding. You see, the Lord God has called you to himself by his word and spirit. Jesus has given you exceedingly gracious gifts, the gifts of his cross and resurrection. In fact, you've been given the greatest gifts that you'll ever receive on this side of paradise. Christ's word, holy baptism, Christ's holy absolution, and the supper of his body and his blood. Even the Holy Spirit himself abides in your body, your body being a temple of the Holy Spirit. See, the sinful world, it longs to give you gifts which moth and rust will destroy, gifts which thieves will break in and steal. The world would have you set your heart and mind on these things above all else, but instead you should desire Christ's kingdom and his righteousness. You should desire what Christ has given to you. As we heard in the gospel, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. You see, dear saints, the peace Jesus gives is received in the gifts he gives. Those gifts of his word, the gifts received at the font and in the altar. The lies of the devil, they're only going to lead to darkness and death. And there are plenty of people who chase after those things today. But Jesus has given you his word and his spirit, which are light and life. And so we see that Pentecost is much bigger than we think. In the sending of his spirit, God has fulfilled the promise he made to you and to, to his people over hundreds of years. As we prayed in the collect, O oh God, on this day, you once taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light of your Holy Spirit. Grant to us in our day, by the same spirit, to have a right understanding in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy consolation. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
In peace let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For gladness in the Holy Spirit, who through his church fills the world with remembrance of everything Christ Jesus has spoken, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That by the same spirit of peace our hearts would neither be troubled nor afraid, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sharing of the gospel, the God who chose the apostles first to proclaim the resurrection of Jesus would open the mouths of his pastors and people to proclaim Christ crucified and raised again. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all parents, that God would continue to pour out his spirit upon them to catechize their children faithfully in his word. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our President Joseph and our Governor Michael and everyone God has set in place to govern our land, that the ruler of this world would not govern them and their decisions to our harm, but that we might enjoy the benefits of good government. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those in need of healing, including Ron Lyon, Ron Gibson, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that the Holy Spirit would grant them peace, consolation, and healing of body and soul. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those whose spirits faint within them and whose hearts are appalled, that the Lord in his righteousness would bring them out of trouble and help them by his good spirit to meditate on all his works in Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who eat the body and blood of Christ today, that in this otherworldly gift we would receive his eternal peace and so have hearts untroubled and unafraid in this sinful world. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Almighty Father, with your Son, Jesus Christ, send your Holy Spirit into our hearts through your word to rule and govern us according to your will. Comfort us in every temptation and misfortune and defend us against every error that we may continue steadfast in the faith, increase in love and good works, and trusting firmly in your grace for us by his death, obtain eternal salvation. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Of course, we thank Mrs. Smith for playing a piano for us this morning and keeping us in tune. And uh, thanks be to God for the gift of music. If I might say so, y'all are amazing singers, because that hymn is not, uh, that final hymn is not an easy tune, and you, you nailed it. So God be praised. We'll give credit to the Holy Spirit for that one. Uh, <laughs> we have a handful of announcements before we continue on with our day and this week. Of course, uh, first being that Sunday school and Bible study immediately follow worship this day. And also then tomorrow at 930, I have my pastor's reading group out in Liberty. So I'll be there uh, for the morning and early afternoon. Uh, this coming Tuesday, 7 p.m., our new member class. And Wednesday, 6 p.m., a workout class in the auditorium. Uh, we had our vacation Bible school this past week. It was wonderful. Uh, we had well over um, 32 children and adults throughout the week. Danielle, what was the, do we know the final count? It kind of went up and down throughout the week a little bit, yeah. 25 children, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, we had, a, we had a number of junior high and high school helpers, which were just fantastic. It went really well, we're very blessed. Uh, the children had uh, uh, learned this week about creation, the flood, Israel crossing the Red Sea, Jonah and the baptism of Jesus. Again, River of Life was that theme this year. It's just wonderful. Uh, also today, Faith Lutheran Church in Richmond celebrating their 50th anniversary uh, worship services at 930, of course, which is already underway. And then 2 p.m. this afternoon, and they'll have a reception following each service. Uh, so if you're able to make it to the 2 p.m. service, 
I would encourage you to attend. It should be wonderful. Uh, Lutheran Witness subscriptions, uh, the time is, is now uh, to renew those subscriptions. So if you get them through the church, there is that fee that's due. It's written there in the bulletin. Uh, please uh, give a check to the treasurer or place it in the offering plate with a note that is for your Lutheran Witness subscription. Uh, also, uh, save the date. Uh, we continue to have more information as we get closer to this, the North Star Boys Choir Concert. Uh, if any of you are interested in hosting or have indicated that interest to me or Sarah, please touch base with her once again just to make sure we haven't missed anyone or getting you know, all the boys divided up into host homes. Thank you for being willing to take them in. Uh, as you know, they do have some dietary restrictions and whatnot. Sarah has all that information and she'll be able to help you with that. Uh, and I wrote here in the bulletin that a meal will be served in the auditorium following the performance. Put a pin in that because we're still, again, learning uh, from the group what it is that their uh, needs are um, as they come to us. But uh, 7 p.m. Sunday, June 19th will be that performance, and we'll have uh, a great joy in hearing their uh, talent, which God has blessed them with. And then June 25th, Lutheran Early Response Team training will be hosted here, led by Pastor Carl Gibbs from Emmanuel in Carrollton. I do believe that brings us to the end of our announcements. Anything I missed? All right, well, thanks again to all of our volunteers and staff, everyone who contributed to Vacation Bible School this week, uh, even if it was just moving a table. Thank you so much. Uh, that was a wonderful thing to be able to uh, confess the gospel to these kids and, and rejoice in all the gifts we have in Christ Jesus, even and especially the gift of his spirit, uh, which we all have received in great measure. God's peace be with you. I'll greet you at the door.